Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Building a Bridge. My name is Jesse Brisbane. My name is Jared Countess, and our mission is to empower people to use their voice to build a bridge beyond race relations, creating unity and understanding, and effectively raising the collective consciousness of humanity. Last week, we talked about the school teacher in Missouri who was who left his position after his his sign of everybody's welcome here was taken down and about the stories we tell ourselves about strangers. Does our, does who we date affect our capability to teach others and our feelings facts? And this week, Jared, what are we going to dive into? Uh, This week, we're going to dive into, I think it was the Gabby Petito case. Hopefully I said her name correctly. And uh, she was a young woman who uh, went missing um, after a trip from Florida, who went missing after a trip from her boyfriend and um, there was, you know, I, I, I can't lie. I, I want the story to say about this poor young girl who was found and she ended up, she lost her life. They did find her body. Um, but the story became, right? Why does this young or white girl get all of this national coverage and press when, you know, kids, Hispanic or black kids or brown kids um, go missing all the time? And, you know, no one, no one, no one really talks about it. And uh, so, yeah. So how does, how does race yet again, as we keep talking about play a part into what makes the national news or how people are presented in the news, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I I think that's such a, it's such an interesting thing because you've seen these, these pieces trend with her missing, but then there's also been this, this, trend about missing white girl syndrome you know, people will jump on when it is it's a white girl and I've been thinking a lot about this these last few weeks because there is definite narratives the news likes to highlight right the whether it's a missing white girl or it's it's like an example of Trayvon Martin when it was him they made sure George Zimmerman came across as a white guy in the, in the media right there was no mention of I think he's part Hispanic but that would always be excluded. It was very much like a white versus black thing. So it seems like when there's there's any sort of authoritative figure, Caucasian, uh, on black violence, those make the headlines. But then when it's someone missing, this seems to be a safer space. Now, I will say that my a good friend of mine, his daughter went missing a couple of years ago. Uh, she's Hispanic. Her friend that she was with is black. And that was able to get news coverage, but we had a very concentrated effort of a lot of people pushing content out, pushing stories out to try to get it on social media. So I think there's this other piece of it too, of the question of what's going to go viral, right? There's, there's two pieces of the media is going to pick up. I think the media is going to pick up what's going to be beneficial to them. And they have their backend metrics of knowing that uh, any sort of, white versus black in terms of authoritative violence is going to get people to click tune in. And they probably have in their back end metrics of certain things where it comes to missing cases. Like you'll see, you'll usually see the cases where the, the parent, you know, does something abducts the kids. Like I think what was her name, Susan Smith. And there's a few others in there too. So they have, they have, they have probably their established metrics of what they're going to pick up. That's going to be a clickable event. I don't think they particularly care necessarily much about skin color as they care or, or race, religion, anything like that, as they care about what's going to get us to click, what's going to get us to tune in. Because the more we click, the more we tune in, the more profitable they become. 
I think the other piece, though, that we where we can really look at is is what is going to be for us as the average consumer of content and information. What's going to get us to invest our social media time to engage to share? Um, what's been really remarkable about this Gabby case is you've had all these people jump in social media, and they're sharing, they're doing timelines and all these types of things. And I'm always curious about why then the same thing does that not show up with somebody else? You know, I've seen a few that have popped up that I had no idea about, but what's happened is people have tagged her, you know, hashtagged her in those things and posted. So then it gets up in the, in the feed because they're attaching those other stories to her. Does that make sense? It does. Um, like, uh, I got I got a little stuck on an authoritative violence phrase. <laughs> I felt I felt super I felt super left on that when you made that statement. I was like authoritative violence. I don't like that phrase, by the way, unless it's a police officer, right? Yeah, uh, I was trying to think of how do you how do you how do you put everybody in a box or something. Yeah, no, I, I think I think because I it used to get I get in, I got into an argument a lot um, when it came to. Uh, I get both Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin and which was when it happened, a lot of that argument. And then also uh, uh, Ahmaud Arbery, right? Um, you know, I guess, you know, some people would try to classify those as, as authoritative violence. I might say it's bullying <laughs> if I wanted to call it anything with yeah. anything that ended in a murder. Um, if I wanted to call it anything, um, uh, but, uh, you know, that's, that's like a semantics. I, I, I get, I get where you're coming from. Um, or I get why, why people would kind of, how do we lump all that into one thing? Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I appreciate you saying that just real quick, Jared, I don't want to interrupt. I want you to go back to you. I, I appreciate you sharing that. And I should not, I shouldn't be putting Zimmerman in the same category as I put police officers. And I think I, I, I misspoke on that. Like he, he's, I was trying to think of him. I was trying to remember that like, he was neighborhood watch or something like that, or whatever it was. Like he was, but what, regardless, he's not a police officer. Yeah. And, and, he, and he, suspicious activity is not walking through a neighborhood. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I definitely should not have been. And I appreciate you saying that he doesn't belong in that same category. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, um, you know, that's, that's it. And then we could get into the conversation of racial profiling. And if you if someone's going to racial profile, like I don't necessarily have a, an issue with profiling in general, right? So, but then you better be a real authority figure, you know, that's ordained by the state or the, you know, <laughs> or the city or something like that, right? Um, but that that said, like it's I think it's, you know. Now that I got on my little hot horse, my left wing hot horse, whatever. Well, um, <laughs> I'll say that um you know it makes sense for you know a gabby petito's um uh, story to make national news right uh and i think people should get less caught up in the whole white girl thing right um and i'm gonna go through the number of reasons why i think those stories will get put out there more right that are like real rational reasons not emotional right but also they, they shouldn't get upset because like you said, it's going to call attention to other cases. You know what I mean? Or it can call, call, call attention to other cases. They can piggyback off of that attention. But, but here's the deal, right? So um, 
you know, popularity matters, right? Uh, you know, um, somebody famous, let's just, you know, go Michael Jackson, right? Trips over a curb and, you know, face plants, right? And people took pictures of it. That's going to make the news. You know, because everybody knows who Michael Jackson is and he's this incredible dancer and he tripped over a curb. Oh my gosh, so humanizing, right? So, uh, you know, people are going to pick up on that. So when you see, you know, cute, blonde, whether blonde or not, cute white girl goes missing, right? So it's not just pretty. Pretty matters, right? We all know that the better you look, the more attention you're going to get, the more popular you're going to be, the easier, no offense, the easier life's going to be, right? That's just the reality, right? Yep. Studies have shown it. So she's decent, decently attractive. She's not, you know, she's not ugly, right? Um, young, 20-something years old, right? Attractive, young. Again, going to get a good story, right? It's going to, a lot of people. And then the last piece is America's still majority white, right? 60 plus percent, right? White is of America's Caucasian. So the number of people that are going to see it and think about a family member or a close friend, you know, mirroring this girl is going to be higher, right? So, so, you know, if we just look at those three characteristics, right? You know, majority, majority white, right? Oh, female, female too, my bad. <laughs> it goes yep. nice victim, female victim, right? So female, um, pretty, young, white, or matches the majority of the society, <laughs> right? All of those factors say that it's gonna be a, a better story, right? More people are going to read it, more people are gonna to gravitate toward it. And that's just, you know, you can't, you can't, that's always going to be something that happens as we talked about before in media, right? And like, how do we change it and blah, 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 right? Like, but that aspect, I don't think we necessarily wanna change. Right. Uh, do we want, you know, the black girl who goes missing um, to to make the news as well nationally and stuff like that? Yes. But how does her family know someone that's in media? Right. So that that, that that's also a factor. Right. Like the the, the social economic status of your family will change how the story gets put out there because your circle is different and the people in your circle are different right and and so you know whether it's beauty wealth or skin tone right those things are going to make a difference into what stories get put out there and i think we have to be rational when we talk about that and then and if we're rational when we talk about it we use it to piggyback like you said and and we blow up, we use this to call attention to this story and to that story. I'd also say shock value. What is what is especially with local media? What is going to be something different than what we typically see or experience? Yes. Right. So if if we're used to seeing X all the time, but all of a sudden you have a case that is what that is clearly Z and Y. Yeah. We're seeing more Z and Y. I want to dig on that popularity thing you 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 mentioned. And I think that, you know, I keep coming back to, and a lot of these conversations you're going to have about our responsibility as a public, we have popularized media airtime going to things like continuous coverage of COVID, 
and Trump and politics and everything else. And, and so we are t- constantly shown politicians bickering and arguing, people bickering, arguing over masks and COVID and vaccines and everything else, because we've proven time and time again that this is going to be the stuff we're going to click on. Mm-hmm. And so if we're going to be as a public outraged and we want to truly change things like this so that there is some more equal airtime where we do see you know, you don't have to just be pretty young white and then have a viral social media campaign to get on national coverage that it's, it's more of an equal opportunity for all. We have to stop clicking and watching and consuming the stuff that we do because they're just running repeats. It's like, it's literally watching soap operas. I used to joke. So when I was a kid, I used to watch days of our lives with my mom. Mm-hmm. And I used to laugh because I said, you know, I feel like at the point it got to the point where days of our lives had 20 scripts and they would just switch out different characters, different circumstances, everything else. But it was the same kind of thing over and over again. Well, I think that we see that play out very much in our national news is we've popularized certain things and we keep clicking, we keep consuming, we keep reacting. And ultimately, at the end of the day, they're in an emotion business. They want to stir an emotion in us because the more emotional we are, the more we're going to tune in or the more yeah. we're going to talk about. So it, I think that. It is sad that you have to have people lose their life for us to have these conversations and for it to bring to light. And if we want to really take this and use it as something to change, we have to change our behaviors. You know, we can, all that emotion we pull, pour into our outrage over political discussions or outrage over, you know, what's going on with COVID and, and everything else. We could take that emotion, funnel it into our outrage over how many people have gone missing and we're not even talking about it. And, and that forces over time media to begin to change and start to highlight these types of things more so. Um, I, I, I am like of a, of a mixed mind with this. <laughs> this sounds, it sounds terrible. Um, it's some of that, some of that stuff, like a hundred percent, like as far as like the COVID and some of the political stuff, um, you know, I would, I would prefer that people, uh, you know, I guess, I don't know if I want to use the word divested, but I, I want to people use a little bit more discernment, right. Before they click or if they do click and read, they use a lot of discernment when they're reading. Right. Um, so because I think that those are like highly rational, even though they're, you know, abortion rights in Texas and things like that create an emotional response, like your decision-making has to be really, really rational, right? In terms of that. Um, When it comes to finding a missing girl, right? Yeah, your process of finding them has to be rational, but you want to evoke and provoke emotion right? You want to do that to get people like riled up. Like that's something I feel like people should be riled up about. Yeah. That makes kind of sense. That's something that people should be, should be, you know, um, um, emotionally charged about, uh, you know, sadly, um, maybe because of where I'm from or things like that, I am not as emotionally riled up about those kind of things as, as probably most people are. Speaking of which, did you, was your friend's daughter ever found? They never found their bodies, but they accepted that. So they had, they were in a small plane. The plane had taken off from an airport 
and then it disappeared off her radar. Oh, wow. And there was, and so it's, and this was, it's, it's been almost two years now, so I don't want to completely mess up the story, but because they were able to get some media coverage, funding was made more available. There's a GoFundMe to be able to get people to go and search because it costs a tremendous amount of money to get the Coast Guard and whatnot to go do searches like that. And they, and it was a challenge to get some of the information released, but the way the analysis went, the plane had gone up, it looked like it made a descent. They, the family accepted that the plane probably crashed into the ocean, okay. um, but they would not have been able to even be able to have had access to some of the resources to go and search that they did if it hadn't been for the bit of media coverage that we were able to generate and then the GoFundMe account that was able to go with it. Yeah. Uh, so here's, so here's, so here would be the, the, I mean, it's it, like, you know, it fucking sucks. Cause I want to say like, <laughs> like life is not fair. Right. <laughs> but uh, you know, the question is, when you said that, what a, what the alarm bell that rang to me was, you mean it? it you got to have money for the Coast Guard to go search for somebody that's missing. <laughs> so, I mean, so. we, we we could really go down a rabbit hole of ten, tangent right now too, and think, well, you know, how do we how do we allocate resources in this country? Like we we spend, God knows how many tens of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars on uh, what our elected officials get like a billion dollars essentially donated to them to do campaigns or we spent tens of millions, hundreds of millions on this ongoing vote recount. I just saw that they just posted Maricopa County. They still are recounting votes. Yeah. And, and then we wonder well, why don't we have money available for these other resources to get the coast Guard to go and do look for things for or to pay teachers. Pay <laughs> teachers. Yeah. It's just, it, it boggles my mind. And so, there's outrage from the public, but we also have to realize that as a public, we are somewhat complicit in all this stuff happening. We're, right? we're, we're, we're not just complicit. We're part, we are, as you said before, with the news and the clicks, we're part of the problem. Yeah. You know? So like, again, the young, young blonde haired, you know, white girl, if you look at Hollywood, right. What's the majority of, you know, the female representation in Hollywood? What's the majority of the female representation in fashion? What's the majority? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, you, get, you get what I'm saying? Like, you know, um, I think people like these days get caught up in demographics about your, your particular demographic, white males, right? But they don't look at the other demographics uh, or, or they get caught up in the demographic of white males and then black males disproportionately in prison, right? But there are disproportionate dem demographics all over the place. Not just, yeah, yeah not just the, the 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 white girl that that you know gets posted on the news for going missing, but the you know again like the person who the person who becomes you know famous based on how they look. And right? we I, we adopt I think we adopt convenient narratives for ourselves in the sense of. It's like, what's the surface thing, the easiest surface thing for me to understand versus going deeper? There, I think there's also another statistic, like of the people, 70% of the people who go through, 70% of the people in prison are people who have gone through the foster care system. And so if you dig in on the foster care system, you realize that there is this, it, it's something like the minimum, minimum standard 
of, of like minimum standard of competency. Yeah, something like that. And it's basically like, hey, it, it, you can you can be hooked on drugs. You can be all these types of things, but we're going to give you chance after chance after chance after chance after chance. And so you subject a kid to God knows how much trauma. Yes. And have a parent that's going in and out and in and out because they're abusive, they're whatever it is. And so then you're seeing all these things, but we don't want to look, we don't often want to look as deep as that because it's, it, 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 I think the deeper we go, the more we have to confront ourselves. Yeah. Right. But if we keep it on the surface, then it's like, well, you know, I'm not like that. It's, it's those surface pieces. It's just the same as like, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not like a terrorist because I can look at the surface behavior of them going and doing this, or I'm not like a serial killer because I can look at the surface behavior of them. Well, the depth is where we actually see, wow, I have way more like this person than not. And then we have to we have to have integrity in our in our behaviors. You know, we've we've allowed ourselves to make so many little white lies that we don't even call lies, right? Where there's a dishonesty. The easiest example is is we have these in our relationships where we ask our partner what's wrong. There's something clearly bothering them, and they say, "Oh, nothing." Well, technically, that's a lie because there is something wrong, right? But we don't call that a lie, or we say, "Well, you know, I, I'm gonna I'll call you at this time," and then that time goes by and then we don't say, yeah, I, I totally screwed up. I didn't stay in integrity with my word. We have all of our reasons why we didn't call. And so it's not the fault us. It's just to recognize that we are in many ways, unintegrous, unintegrous, and I'm mispronouncing the word with some of our, what we say and what we do. Yeah. And I think there's this real opportunity for us that if we, if we got to that place where we're in fully in integrity with, words, beliefs, values, we would start to see that maybe there's some behaviors that we would change and we start to funnel it towards some of these other causes. Or, or we're honest about it and honest about our fallacies as human beings. Yeah. You, yeah. you, 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 get, you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know, I agree with you. Honest. If, if, if uh, and it's blonde or white, if, uh, what is her name? Uh, Gabby. Gabby, if Gabby Petito was overweight and ugly, would not have made, <laughs> you know what I mean? It just, it just wouldn't have made that kind of splash on the news, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and I'm not saying she's Jennifer Aniston or anybody, but if she was, you know, 300 pounds and, you know, had a, had a, you know, beak for a nose and all this other kind of stuff, it wouldn't have made news. And if we can be open and honest about that, then, you know, we can be less, again, less outraged by the fact that this person who went missing is getting national news, right? And, and, and outraged because about the color of their skin and recognize that there are multiple factors, right? And you can, and you can be rational about it. And then if you can really be rational, just look at your, and then break it down into your own life and how you treat people differently based upon you know how you view them right yeah. and 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 don't get me wrong it freaking sucks right but it's also you know one of those necessary traits for you know human development and the perpetuation of human life right people say don't take financial advice from a broke person well, how do you know if that person's broke or not how they dress what they wear what they're <laughs> you know what I mean? how they live their life right and you know uh you know don't you know, you, you might do well taking beauty advice from a person that's not pretty, but likely in all likelihood, you're not, right? And you're not going to yeah. advertise your clothing, 
with a person that doesn't look, you know, attractive, right? And so like, that's, those are, these are, these are real rules of life, right? And if we can figure out what those things are and be kind of okay with that, then we can dig on real problems and solve them. Does that make any kind of sense? Yeah. You know what I mean? We can, yep. then we can, or, the, or we can really figure out what the problems are that are solvable and what the problems are that are just a byproduct of humans, whether they're trying to live rightly or not, right? Just being, just being humans, just being flawed. Like you just said, your spouse lies to you, right? I, I, you know what I mean? You can decide whether or not that's a big deal or not. That's up to you, right? To decide whether it's a big deal or not, right? You ask them how they're doing and they don't tell you. Um, or you can just simply say, hey, I know something's wrong, right? And if you don't tell me, I'm going to assume that it involves me. <laughs> now you're just asking for trouble. <laughs> yeah, well, well, you, but you are, right? But, it, yeah. but, that, but that's, that's, that's uh, you typically, that's what ends up happening, right? You assume that that person doesn't want to talk about it because it involves you. And so they don't want to discuss it with you because they haven't quite figured it out yet or what they want to say, Right. And that's what you assume. And then so you run through this whole narrative of what you could have done wrong, how you could have upset them and how you can fix it, blah, 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 blah. And the truth of the matter is, it might be a whole nother problem that they're working out. Does that make any kind of sense? Or, or maybe it has this much to do with you and this much to do with a whole bunch of other things, right? Yeah. And, and, and so, you know, um, it's, again, it's, is how much do you want to make it? If they don't want to talk about it, how much you want to make it about you? Right. And we can be super rational sometimes in our own personal relationships. But then, you know, when we see, see those kind of same things happen um, on a massive scale, you know, people go into uproar, right? Like, you know, and, and it's, it just trips me out. It, it it trips me out sometimes so that's that's me right like it you know especially when it's especially when we dig on like stories like this one um where cute innocent matches the majority are a real part of the thing right and then and then they and then they come out with a storyline that's not so innocent right domestic violence domestic abuse right um then you could ask the question of well how much did they how much are they trying to demonize her character or his character right if he was black right would there be more talk about who her mm. boyfriend is and the mistakes he's made in his life and blah 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 would that now be the narrative right as opposed to the, let's just find him let's talk about what a horrible person he was yeah. without saying he's guilty of murdering her but let's just you know demonize the character so that's you know that's that's the uh that's the 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 other side of that equation like that's the that part to me is the is where the rational mind needs to step in and we need to stop ourselves like i don't think there's anything wrong with blowing up a story of a girl going missing right and yeah if she's pretty and she matches the majority and or she's you know decent decently innocent child as opposed to a hooker or street worker or something like that it's going to get more news. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. All right. I'm sorry.
No, dude, I, I'm with you on. I, I agree. I think that there's there's um, I really appreciate what you're saying because I think there's these ultimately I think of many of these stories that we hear they're they're a reflection of self. Yes, and and what ends up getting pushed on TV is usually the stuff that they know is going to be the stuff we'd like to see on TV. I think social media gives us a little of an advantage where we can kind of, to some extent, circumvent some of that, but it it requires us to engage in things that might be outside of our normal field of engagement. Yeah. Case in point, a lot of, a lot of building bridges, it's not just about recognizing the same common rational ground that we stand on, the shit that we do that makes sense. We all love each other, blah, yep. blah, blah, blah. But it's also a lot of building bridges, all the irrational shit that we all do just as, as human beings, right? Yeah, exactly. I think, I think you, can, you can almost build more bridges if you can just break that down, right? Like, yeah, I don't like the thought of my son, you know, necessarily being taught or influenced by a homosexual male teacher, right? I don't. In, in seventh, sixth, seventh grade, super young, right? Like high, college, I don't really care, right? But like, you know, in those young formative years, it makes me feel, you know, some kind of way, a little bit nervous, right? Same as, same as if my son were to go off with a Catholic priest into a room by itself, I get a little nervous, right? <laughs> I just, I just do. It just makes me feel some kind of way, right? And and and, uh, and you know, some of that's irrational, right? <laughs> you know, I, so I want to, I want to, I'll say, I don't think it necessarily is because I think it's important. I noticed the time that we got to wrap up here, but I don't think it is irrational because how do we all make our perception of reality is based off of a finite number of experiences we've had. Yes. The finite number of people, and we're not obviously considering the majority, we're considering always considering a minority when we're making our assumptions or, or making up what we call reality. Yeah. My reality is this because I've had these three or four instances that present my evidence. And then I make a generalization that yeah. makes me feel okay about making that belief system. And so it's not for us to sit there. It's not for me to sit there and tell you what's irrational or rational because for you, based off of your life experience, your belief system, what you've gone through, the evidence that's been presented to you that you've taken on, it makes perfect sense. Right. Well, and then we go back to, we can go all the way back to women, group of women, a woman walking by herself crossing the street because it's a group of men in front of her. Yeah. That so for- we, we go all the way, we can go all the way back through that. Right. And I think that, again, the key is the key is to be really clear and honest about it. And then you can say, maybe it's not rational or rational, but we rationally came to a not complete or maybe unjustified conclusion. And we have to leave the door open that our conclusion could be wrong. And that is the hardest part, I think, yes. about growing up in the, and living in a free society, right? Yeah. Is, is my little nuggets of truth, right? Have led me to this conclusion, this massive generalization conclusion, right? But that's unfair to some of these other people that live in this yes. same society as I, I do. And exactly. I 
honest with myself about the unfairness of my <laughs> yeah yes yes i'm 100% with you it's it's like to us what seems rational the work is is inevitably most of what people do that's going to be out of alignment with our rationality is going to seem irrational by default <laughs> and it's exactly that it's the unfair judgment that we assess to them because they haven't had the same life experiences to arrive at the space of rationality that we have. Yes. Right. Yes. Which then if you think about, if we really go into this, this playing with words, that would be actually quite irrational of us <laughs> to judge them based off of our limited bit of information. Yeah. You know, it, because we're not doing, we're not doing absolutes of two plus two equaling four yeah. or, you know, when you're dealing with human behavior, there's so many variables and other factors that come into it. Quantum mechanics. <laughs> yeah. so maybe we'll leave it at that because we have to wrap up. But uh, Jared, yeah. I appreciate you, and we want to hear what you all think. If you've been following the story, I really love that Jared was saying about you know some of the reasons why we gravitate towards those things. What are your thoughts on that? And uh, you know, what can we all do better to make sure that more people get exposure and and less people go missing? And yeah, we just love to hear from you. And Jared, appreciate you, man. Dog, appreciate you. I want to hear some rational, irrational behaviors. I hope you guys made it to the end of this. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> that'll be a really fun topic conversation. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Yeah.